This is the John Oakley Show podcast. What a great day for talk radio insofar as, uh, well, these aren't really great days, and uh, especially so if you're locked in uh, in a, a case of isolation or quarantine with an abusive partner. Uh, Laura Paris is an associate lawyer at Showman and Partners, LLP, and uh, they've been reporting on this. So we've got Laura joining the Oakley Show this afternoon. Laura, good afternoon. Hey, how are you? Very good. Uh, I'm kind of curious because, you know, this whole phenomenon, and we hear that there uh, have been increases in domestic abuse, which kind of follows reason. But do we have any verifiable stats that show us there's been an increase? Yeah, so there's actually been a statistic uh, produced by the York Regional Police that has indicated that domestic violence uh, calls have increased by 22% since the uh, COVID-19 measures have been put in place. I see. And so uh, as a consequence, have there been any uh, protocols put in place to address the increase? So my understanding is that the Trudeau, the Trudeau government is putting has contributed about forty million dollars into um, a fund for women um, and gender equality in Canada, and the purpose of this is to allow the provinces to invest more resources into ensuring that um, there are sufficient shelters and uh, additional resources available for people who are facing domestic violence at this time. Um, what you would what you will find is that even in regular times, sometimes we do see when we're not in in the middle of a pandemic, uh, you do see a shortage in um, uh, women's availability, women or men's availability to shelters. So it seems as though uh, this relief fund that has been put in place by uh, Trudeau is going to to address this issue specifically. Um, I've also read that um, uh, like hotels and et cetera are are trying to be used and converted for, for these purposes exactly. The question, though, is how fast the money gets into the pipeline, or does that matter now? It's just a case of increased shelter space, and the money will follow that. Uh, How is this working? Um, I think that that's the hope in this. I think that at, at this point we need we kind of need everybody to band together and and um, you know some of it may be being done sort of on a uh, good faith system where you know open your doors to us now and we'll make sure you're compensated for it later. I'm not 100 percent sure as the, to as to the exact metrics of how exactly this is being put into place, um, and I'm not sure that all provinces have decided exactly how they're going to be allocating these funds, but certainly it has been um, addressed as an issue. Um, and 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 it's something that that is being uh, is being looked into to ensure that these these resources are being properly allocated and that these victims um, are are being able to uh, use these um, these resources uh, to put themselves in a safe space. Again, with Laura Paris, associate lawyer at Shulman and Partners LLP, just talking about the impact of coronavirus on domestic abuse. Uh, and while there's been abuse reported, or at least a spike in the stats by the York Region Police, I'm kind of curious because typically with a domestic call, police will take one of the parties, usually the abuser, uh, and in most cases it's the man, out of the home. Are they still following that practice to your knowledge? So, I mean, in this case, I think that uh, they have to modify that practice. I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not 100% sure as to what protocols are being put in place, and I don't believe that there's anything official that has been mandated in terms of how to address these situations. What I imagine uh, may be happening is that if there are alternative um, options available, places that, that people can go on a temporary basis, they're recommending that. But given the self-isolation measures, it may be something to uh, something as small as, you know, asking 
asking someone to stay in a basement um, and not not kind of leave the basement until things have settled, or um, you know, just try and find trying to find ways to uh, divide a household um, in a way to to kind of maintain these these safety barriers. But um, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I, I, we're we're trying to find creative solutions at this point. Yeah, I was going to say. So it doesn't sound like removal is an option then. I mean, it depends, right? It, it it depends how people are are dealing with these these uh, these self isolation measures. If um, you know, and and whether or not you have someone who may be willing to put themselves at risk um, to take you into their home. So um, again, it's it's really a matter of of trying to be solution oriented and trying to find these creative solutions while also ensuring that we are we are following this protocol and not um, adding to the spread of the disease. So it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a uh, or sorry virus. Um, it's a bit of a fine line um, and fine balance to find. Yeah, I've even heard stories of, well, warring couples or divorcing couple uh, having to maintain the domicile and still be in close proximity to one another because there's no other option. Now, Absolutely. I was going to ask as well, there uh, has to be some practical response, though. Uh, you're saying pretty much asking somebody to quarantine within the home if it's a, an abusive situation. I don't know where the honor system really plays a role, but uh, are there other ways to stay safe for somebody who's being abused? Well, definitely, I mean... Get- Getting getting yourself out of that situation is is probably going to be the best thing to do, and that's where where these these shelters and ensuring that these whatever resources are coming to us are being properly allocated to uh, make sure that people aren't trapped in their homes uh, because of this virus and putting themselves into you know we're we're staying in our homes to keep ourselves safe. If your home environment isn't safe, it's almost defeating the purpose of these measures. It's just opening you up, opening you up to a different type of um, of uh, of, of, of issue. So really, I, I think what's going to be crucial at this point is, is ensuring that uh, these shelters are available and that, that these resources are being properly allocated. The other thing is, I mean, if you do have, um, if you do have someone that you can stay with and someone who's willing to take you in, you know, and, and you know, trust that you've been following proper self-isolation tactics, um, there still are court options available. So if you are able to just get yourself out of that situation temporarily, you are able to, um, this would something like domestic violence would certainly qualify as an urgent issue uh, that would get you before a judge and perhaps get you an order for, for example, exclusive possession of a home to ensure that you can stay in the home safely with your children um, if there are children involved. And then the other person, the other individual would have to, you know, look into alternative options for, for housings for themselves um, until the situation can be uh, stabilized. Yeah, and we're hoping there are enough resources for a hotline response I even hear in France, for example, pharmacists, if you've gone to the drugstore, there's a code word that you can use to say you're in a domestic abuse situation, and then uh, whatever response kicks in from that point. So uh, these are all practical considerations in an extraordinary time. Laura, I want to thank you very much for giving us a, an overview of where the situation uh, rests with the impact of coronavirus on domestic abuse. Stay safe, thank you stay so healthy. Much. You got thank it, Laura you. Paris. Yep, associate lawyer at Shulman & Partners, LLP. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.